The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Back with Vershawn Jackson on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Headphones. I can't. Wait, hear I, I don't even think this thing is on over here. It Am is. I on? It is. Tony, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Uh, turn Tony up, Tony up, because I can't hear him. What are you doing, Nick? Uh, nothing has changed. What is going on around here? Nothing has Did changed. Did you unplug my my headphones? No. I didn't. You, got, you got the phone on. All right. Turn. Let me see. Tony, you there? I'm there. Can you hear me? I can't. I can't hear Tony. Can you hear me? We have now. Now I can hear him. I don't know what you just did, but whatever you just did, I can hear him now. So. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right, I'll go. Tony, Miami 1994, Florida 1995. Which offense was the most difficult to prepare for? Oh. Damn, that's tough. Um, honestly, I, I, would say, I would say Miami. Miami, because Miami had, a, Miami had a, a better running game, and Florida really didn't. Um, you know, they were, they were more pass. And so, um, you know, having to prepare for for just pass made it a little bit easier to, to handle Florida. And, and as far as was it, did we, did we have to prepare a certain way for each game or we just kind of whatever our game plan was, that was our game plan? No, I mean, it was, it was our game plan. I mean, we, you know, we knew what to expect. Um, you know, we had plenty of time. You know, we, you know, we took, uh, you know, those two weeks before, you know, going to that ball game and, and truly dissected what their offense brought to the table, um, you know, strength and weaknesses of all the players. Um, so, so we know, we know, you know, what was coming. Um, and we'd also, you know, it was probably a little bit tougher also, you know, going against Miami because not only were we getting over the, you know, physical hump of this, we were getting over the mental part of it too, you know, because we, we, you know, we, we got better in that Florida State game, but we hadn't necessarily, you know, got over the hump. So, you know, for us to be able to, to be prepared completely physically, but also for us to say, you know, hey, we we are we are right there. You know, we're not going to let you know past history, you know, come back and bite us in the butt again. We're going to take this thing uh, and and make it work. You know, that made it a little bit tougher at Miami as well. How have you taken that mentality, just that championship winning mentality, into teammates mentoring program? Um, you know what? Um, when I when I think about you know, that mentality, I mean, a lot of men, a lot of that success that we had is because, you know, we all played our role and we all encouraged each other and we all had each other's back and we all did what we could, you know, to make each other better and to make the team better. And in essence, that's what we're trying to do, you know, at teammates. Um, you know, teammates, the, the mentoring program that Coach Osborne started in 91 um, has grown quite a bit. You know, we're serving you know, almost 
10,000, 9,000, 10,000 kids, you know, across the state now. Um, and this is all about, you know, connecting with kids who, you know, might need a little bit more guidance or a little bit more advice and just trying to help them get through life. You know, I think the the original goal was to just make sure these kids, you know, graduate to high school. Um, but it's even further than that. It's really about helping them reach their potential. Um, and, and DJ, you know, you know, we grew up in Omaha. We got a, we've been around a, a number of kids who, you know, either didn't have fathers in the home or, you know, just had wayward lives. And, and I think, you know, in my opinion, the easiest way you address that is, you know, to be able to connect with somebody who can, you know, learn who you are and learn to understand you and learn to, to love you, you know, without any expectations. And, and I think when you have that in, in, in somebody's life, you give them the best chance of success, you know, even more at that, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who've been successful down the line in their lives. And one of the biggest key or one of the biggest common denominators that a lot of those people have had is they've had a mentor at some point. So, so we're just trying to provide that for, for some of the kids out there. And, and this isn't just for at-risk kids. This is just, this is for any kid out there, you know, who needs, you know, some guidance and, and wants some help in life. And so um, I've been a part of it for the last 10 years. And, and honestly, whether I'm on the board or not, I think I'll always be a part of it for the rest of my life. And what, what's the, when you, when you talk about, you know, if, if I'm going to get a ment, mentee, what do I need to do to sign up to be a mentor? You just need to go to teammates.org. Go to teammates.org. They actually have the application on there. Uh, you fill out the application. And uh, once you get through that, there's a background check that you have to go through. And then um, a quick training. And then they'll end up matching you with the kid. Now, this is an in-school program. Um, so we actually meet with the matches during the day. Um, and you generally, you're an hour away from work. You know, so if you, you know, live 10 minutes from the school, you know, you travel there 10 minutes, meet for the kids 40 minutes and then come back 10 minutes in. And honestly, I mean, it's one of the most rewarding things that you can do. The kid is going to get a lot from it, but the the adults are going to get quite as much as well. Man, we appreciate you, man, your service and, and, and your work to helping young people be better. You know, there are some people that was in our lives as well. So uh, shout out to UTV for just being that person and being consistent uh, in your endeavors with the young folks that you are working with, man, how, how was it? How was it? Did did Atwater hit the way? I mean, you played with him. I mean, it was it was towards the end of his career, I thought, but yeah. still though, well, he just seemed like he was just a hitter. Oh, he was. He was, and he was big. You know, he was six four. You know, I mean, tree trunk thighs. You know what I'm saying? When we when he hit people, they they, they stayed down. I mean, I don't know if you remember the. Uh, the game where where he hit a, a Koye, you know what I'm saying? You know the, I don't remember what they used to call it with the night train or something like that. Well, you know he he, he took the train off his rails. Yes, he and did. So, but he was just one of these cats, man. Especially in the Super Bowl game when, you know he has, he was just getting over an injury. Um, you know it's kind of kind of on the on the downslide of his career. But I mean, you talk about stepping up big time. You know that was his best game all season. You know he was you know a huge contributor, had big hits all 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 through that game. And uh, he was just, he was just, you know, a crazy inspirational, you know, guy. And I, I was so happy that if I was playing behind somebody, it was somebody like him because he was, he was a guy of, of character and class. Um, and even though, you know, I'm trying to get his position, he was still helping me try to learn more. So, um, so it was, it was a blessing being behind him. And, and, and I was fortunate enough to go to his Hall of Fame ceremony this, this past summer. So, um, you know, great ending to a, to a, to a, a, a great story. Yeah, I well, you just you just told me something today. You taught me. I didn't know he was that big. I didn't know he was six four. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, he's a big cat. He's a big cat. I mean, I think when he came in, he was he was relatively fast too. I mean, he was big, 
big guy. I think he was running like a four four four, you know, and, and he had been a hitter, you know, his whole life. And, you know, I think when he came in, he was with Dennis Smith, and Dennis Smith was another hitter at Denver. So it was just like, you know, you kind of had that that history of, of safeties coming down and, and bringing the hat. Yeah, I mean, he, he gave the Nigerian nightmare a nightmare, Sanderson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blew him, <laughs> blew him right out his pads. And he wasn't the same ever since. He was not the same ever since. And he retired right. shortly after. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, man. That's, you know, that is, that is, that is saying something when you get that blown out of your. Something. He's like, listen, I don't want to face this guy anymore. I'm not going to take any chances. I'm just going to get out. <laughs> so I get it. So do are you still doing, like, the AIM Institute, anything with that? Yes, yes. Uh, Director of Business Development with the AIM Institute. Um, been there going on four years uh, next month. And um, great organization. You know, we're a nonprofit that is trying to get more individuals into the uh, tech pipeline. Uh, when you look at the em- employment landscape right now, there are a number of companies that need people that have tech skills. Um, and unfortunately, locally, there are a lot of people who aren't getting those particular jobs. And, you know, most of the companies are recruiting out of state. And you know, we're just like, you know, we have people here who, you know, love this community, support this community, but have been denied opportunities, you know, for long enough. And, you know, so we want to be able to um, educate them and put them in positions where they can get those jobs because these jobs are actually life-changing type type jobs. And and furthermore, you know, the industry of tech is growing. You know, it's growing. It's going to continue to grow. There's already 1,500 to 2,000 jobs in this local area, um, you know, that could be utilized by, by our own folks. And so, so we're just trying to promote that and trying to get more more youth, you know, in this field as well because there's so much opportunity there. Now, if they wanted to participate in that or they knew some a youth out there, how would they get involved in the, in the uh, AIM Institute? They can go to aiminstitute.org. Um, there's a section on there that um, that references, um, you know, our tech navigator, and our tech navigator will will let them know, you know, how to get involved, you know, whether they're trying to take classes or just whether they're you know, trying to participate in our youth program. Um, and they could also, you know, call me directly if they like to uh, 402-979-8324. So um, we love to, you know, for anyone that is interested in, in getting into this field, because, again, this field is growing, it's, it's ripe with opportunity, um, and there's a lot of resources for people who, you know, may not necessarily have the, the money to pay for classes. Like, we were, we foregoing that, you know, where we found ways around those barriers. So, so if you were interested about, get into this field and, and maybe changing a career, please please come sit down and talk with us because we can definitely help you. And then give us that website again. Aiminstitute.org. All right. Or you or you can give O T V a call. You'll be getting now T V you said your number now. On if you want to well, say it again, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. But I don't want to hear A V J. Man, my phone's <laughs> not stopped ringing since <laughs> the radio show. That's so, all right. Uh, all right. All right. Now. If, I, if I can help somebody, we're going to make it happen. All right. So, so uh, Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Joseph talked about putting a fence up around Omaha. Do we have to do that to get back to, to, to really winning? And could you imagine if we were only taking one or two players from Omaha, I don't think some of us would have been down there. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. I, I, I completely agree with that. And I think when it's all said and done, um, you know, we, we, we missed out on the boat with, with a number of players that came through here. Um, and, you know, for all the, the good recruiting that we do, when it's all said and done, we need to have, we need to show up our own backyard. You know, that, I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, people who are here, 
living here, they should be thinking about going to Nebraska first, you know, more than any, any other place. Um, and we shouldn't be letting them go. And, and I can understand why the, you know, situation, you know, is what it is now, you know, different, you know, coaching regimes that came in and um, it just didn't feel like, you know, we had the talent here, which in my opinion was, was a big mistake. But, you know, now we've got one of our own back here. Um, and I think he realizes how important it is to, to you know, nurture that homegrown talent and to get some of those guys down here supporting. Um, and I think it's also one of the reasons why we're starting to, you know, go back in the right direction. So I'm glad Mickey, you know, came and he's talking about that. And I'm glad they're you know, going to show a heck of a lot more attention to, you know, the, the kids and the, and the coaches here because I think that's going to pay dividends long term. What does Nebraska need to do to turn the program and to, to get it headed in the right direction? Win, man. <laughs> That's it. Just win. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, you know, last year was obviously extremely frustrating to watch, but, you know, I like to look at the silver lining. The silver lining is that, you know, we were in every game. I mean, literally every game. We, you know, if we if we play that season the way we're supposed to play it and not have the, the end of the game mistakes, you know, we probably end, end up losing maybe one or two games. You know, so, um, you know, we've got to have, you know, impact players. We've, we've got to have better leaders, um, you know, and we've got to get past this mindset, unfortunately, that played us all year that something's going to go wrong. You know what I mean? We, we'd be playing really well for, you know, two or three quarters, and all of a sudden you can kind of see this self-fulfilling prophecy happening that, you know, something is going to go wrong. And it, and it you know, eventually happened down there every game, especially in the fourth quarter. And, you know, you – Initially, I thought it was more of a, you know, Martinez thing. But then when Smothers comes in and he does the exact same thing, you know, in Iowa, you play well for three quarters and all of a sudden, fourth quarter, we just implode. You know, we got to be able to get past that mindset. Um, and, and I think it just, you know, you know kind of starts with, starts with the players. It starts with, you know, believing that you can win in any situation. I mean, it also starts with the coaches as well. So, so we've, got a, we've got a ways to go. But I am, you know, really happy with some of the progress that was made last year. Uh, you remember any T.O. quotes? Oh, shoot. Uh, besides that, damn it. Um. <laughs> or, or, or was it? Do you? It was it anything that he that he told you that came true? Oh man, I mean, obviously, what happened in Miami? You know, I mean, he even told us told us that you know before the game, but you know, during the during the halftime session where you know we're down a little bit and, and you know basically he just like you know keep just keep doing what you're doing you know they're going to get tired and by the fourth quarter you'll be able to to move the ball a little bit more and then we'll we'll come out on top and I mean and it really was the words of a prophet because you know that's exactly what happened so um but you know that really wasn't you know anything you know new to be completely honest with you because mm-hmm. you know coach has always been a man of his word he's always been a man of vision um and so a lot of stuff that he told us you know, we might not have paid attention to it at that time, but eventually most of that stuff did come true. So um, I was just happy to be able to be around, um, you know, in his presence and on that team at that time because he he was a big part of why my experience was so good. What what was it about him though? Like, how did you get to Nebraska? Who recruited you? I got to Nebraska. Well, I was recruited by um, Pierce and and Young, and I got down there um, because I, we went down my junior year to a uh, football camp and, you know, I, I, I performed well during the camp and they offered me. And to be honest with you, I wasn't even thinking about going to Nebraska at that particular time, but, you know, I went down there. I had, I had a heck of a lot of fun. 
Um, I thought it was awesome to, to be competing against guys from different states because I'd never traveled or, or you know done any of that. So that was awesome. Um, and I just kind of fell in love with the university down there. Um, and then you know, Coach Coach Young and and uh, Jack Pierce came down, talked to me a couple of times, and you know, Coach Osborne came to one of my games one time and pretty much you know stopped the game. You know, when he walked in, everybody's playing. We we walked in, everybody just got real quiet. You know, we're actually playing basketball. And it just gets real quiet. You know, we also had to stop and be like, what the heck is going on? You know, but, you know, he comes in and, you know, he does his thing. And, um, I mean, you know Coach Osborne, man. He's just, he's got that presence. You know, he's, he's just one of the few people that you can, you know, talk to. And right off the bat, you feel like, okay, I, I can trust this guy. You know, I know he's got my best, my best interest at heart. And so, um, considering all that, you know, it was, it was an easy decision, especially knowing that my family would be right down the street and be able to see me play. Who, who was your guy? Growing up, as far as on the team, did you have one? Uh, when we were playing? No, growing like growing up in Omaha, being there, all we got was Nebraska football for the most part, um, and Dallas Cowboys. But who was like who was your? Did you have a favorite player growing up? Oh man, yeah, I had a, I had a bunch of them, but um, I would say my top two, my top two, Walter Payton and Barry Sanders. Those 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 are my guys. Those those are the ones that, that got me like super super excited about football. Did you ever get a chance to play against Barry Sanders? I did not. Oh. I did not. Y'all didn't play I him. Did not, man. Who's but the best yeah, who's was, the best running was, who's the best running back you ever you ever you, 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 you played against? The best I played against. Or with Ooh. or with. Oh. College usually was was, was Lawrence. Um, professional. I'm trying to think at that particular time. Hmm. I'm trying to remember who the big backs were. Honestly, for the for the short time that I was actually in the league, honestly, it was probably Fred Taylor. Hmm. I can he, see he, that. He was a beast at that time. He was he was he was on top of his game. So. Well, hey Tony, man, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. I don't want to hold you up, yeah. but I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna keep to my word. Because you sent me that fist, and I was like, you know what? I better stay to my word. <laughs> Big bro might be trying to beat me up if I if I try to hold him up for like an hour or some change. Oh, come on, man. Come on. I just got to get back to work. You know how that works. But, no, I, I really appreciate it, bro. All right. Thank you, man, Tony. And, and uh, definitely we will uh, we will get catch up later on down the road. That's Sounds two-time good. national champ Tony Velan, Super Bowl champ Tony Velan, and captain Tony Velan. It's the captain. It's the ticket, 93.7. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.